While the world is quick to tell you all that it's against, Uptown Church wants you to know where for. We're for doing what's right and fixing what's wrong. We're for lifting up prayers and breaking down barriers. We're for the brightest, boldest, loneliest, finest, and most flawed among us. And most importantly, we're for you. Uptown Church. In the city. For the city. Amen. Amen. You can cheer for that. Yeah. Hey, um, well, once again, welcome. We're so glad that you're here this morning. And I, I'm so glad that you are here today because maybe you notice all the little heart um, donuts and some heart balloons. Um, but we are launching a series called For the Love. And I'm going to get to exactly what that means here in just a minute. But a few years ago, there um, was a guy and still is a guy, famous author um, and TED Talker. You've probably seen him and you're probably familiar with his talk, but a man named Simon Sinek. And he gave a TED Talk that was went viral and still is impacting people today. And the name of the talk and the entire point of the talk was this, start with why. Start with your why. Basically, the gist of his talk was this, that so many of us in business, in organizations, whatever type of organization we run, in our families, in our relationships, in our personal lives, we often start without thinking of the why. We always start with what should I do and how should I do it instead of what he says is the more meaningful and powerful point to consider why. Why does this organization exist? Why am I doing this thing? And he says, if you start with your why, then everything else will begin to fall into place, what you need to do and how you need to do it. And I completely agree. That's actually one of my, still one of my favorite TED Talks of all time. Go check it out if you have not watched it. Um, but I think there is something that is actually a little, little bit harder than simply starting with why. I think staying with why is actually the harder thing to do. See, many of us can determine or do the work to determine what our why is, maybe our vision for our life, the vision for our business, our organization, the vision for our family, because that's what why is. It is a vision, but many of us, that's not the hardest journey we take. The real work begins after that, is not only determining why we are here and why we exist, but how we stay true to that why. As a friend of mine says, he says, it's keeping the main thing the main thing. It is staying on your mission for your life, your business, your organization, or staying with the main thing keeping the main thing the main thing. And that is what I wanna talk to us today because that is a good question for our church to ask. Not only why do we exist, but are we still on and are we staying on our why? And I want to do that today by um, utilizing one leadership tool that has been um, so practical and beneficial to me, and I hope it is for you as well, and that's this, that leaders are repeaters. Let me say that again. Leaders are repeaters. 
If you're gonna stay on point, if you're gonna keep the main thing the main thing, then you have to say it again and again. You have to know what your why is and remind yourself of your why repeatedly for vision to stick. And you know this, I mean, it's why if you're a parent, you sometimes wonder, do I really have to say that one more time? Get your socks and underwear off the floor. Vision leaks, okay? It's hard to stay on point. Same thing if you're married or um, in a relationship with somebody. You wonder, why do I have to say that again? We have to repeat our why because people, just like organizations, people like businesses, tend to drift. And especially churches, we, we have a tendency to drift off why, off mission, off point, and then get down the road and wonder where are we at and why are we here? In fact, there's uh, this great story I love from Chick-fil-A, and how many people love a good Chick-fil-A drive through run? Okay, if you say thank you to someone from Chick-fil-A, what do they say back to you? That's right, we all know this, even if we don't like Chick-fil-A. If you say thank you, they say my pleasure. And many years ago, the, the founder of Chick-fil-A, Truett Cathy, he stood up at one of their big national um, conventions for franchisees and leadership and said that that was his vision, that when people say thank you in a Chick-fil-A, I want you to say my pleasure back, not just your welcome. Well, as he began after that meeting going into various stores, he found out that he would say thank you, to which someone would reply, you're welcome, and not my pleasure. And instead of getting angry about it, because he was a great leader, he said, my pleasure every time someone said thank you to him. He kept repeating the vision. He kept um, exemplifying it himself. And he kept reminding people why they do it. It's approximated that it took about five years for that actually to stick at Chick-fil-A, but none of us can even think about Chick-fil-A without that phrase because we have heard it so much. All that to say it is hard but necessary to repeat and know our why. And so I wanna talk about what our why is as a community of faith, of people who we believe God's called together here in the heart of our city to exist for our city. And when you talk about your why, why a church exists, and this has been an important question for us, I wanna start with this. What do we want to be known for? As a community of Christian people, as the church, what do we want to be known for? Now, there's lots of ways to answer that question, but I wanna narrow it in a little bit more. And this is what we did two years ago when we were thinking through opening this community, is say, what do we think the church is already known for. And not by people who go to church, but by the people that we're trying to reach, those who don't have a church home. Not flipping people from one church to another, but those who are not connected to a church, maybe we sometimes call them non-church, what do they believe the church is known for? And I'm sure you can easily come up with some things in mind. 
we actually did a survey in this neighborhood in downtown and uptown Dallas, and we asked people, what do you think about when you think about a new church opening up in your community? What do you want us to know? Because we just wanted to hear from people we didn't know, and it was staggering. I had some assumptions, and probably you do too, but some of the things people said still shocked me. They said, please do not open a church in our neighborhood. Please do not come here. You're antiquated, you're mean, you're homophobic, you're weird, and and we don't have time for it. There is one comment that to this day, three years later, still sticks out to me, and this, this man said, do not open another church in Dallas if you are just going to tell us what's wrong with us. And I was like, Because I think, and that survey proved to me, that many people think the church is more against them than for them. That when they think about the church, what they think about is maybe not what you and I think about. It is that the church is not for them, but rather is more against them that they can come up with a much longer list of of what the church is against than what the church is for. And they think, because the church is not for me, then church is not for me. And, And the worst part of that is that it's not about church attendance that they just then don't come to church. It's that they assume then that if the church, the people of God are not for me, then guess what? God must not be for me either. And friends, that is a much, much larger issue. This um, is a scene at one of my favorite brunch restaurants on a Sunday morning at exactly this time. Many people, and probably many people in, in this picture here, are not plugged into a church, and church is not even on their radar because of those ideas. So what does it take for us when we answer the question, what do we want to be known for? How do we bridge the gap between this person who thinks the church is completely against them and maybe also God or church is just irrelevant so it would be better to watch the game or go to brunch on Sunday? The good news is we're not the first people to ask that question, to wonder what can we do to shrink the gap between this person, these people, who church isn't even an option, to bringing them and creating a church that non-church people would want to come to. Because that's our role in answering that question, what do we want to be known for, is in shrinking that gap between church not an option and maybe church and maybe God being an option. And right now the chasm for many people in our city is so wide. In fact, 70% of the people who live just downtown and uptown surrounding the direct vicinity of our church say they don't go to church and they don't need to go to church. That, that should get our attention. The good news is, like I said, we're not the first people to struggle with this. In fact, in the early church, 
right from the start, after Jesus has his life, death, and he's been resurrected, and he commissions his disciples to go and build the church. He says, Peter, on this rock, I'm gonna build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. The, the church is on its way. I mean, literally within a few years, they begin to hit hiccups. And maybe you've heard the story, but in Acts, there's this moment at which these two Christian communities come into conflict. See, Christianity was born out of the Jewish tradition and movement of which Jesus was brought up in and which Jesus was a rabbi and teacher. And so there were many people in the first century that were part of the Jewish customs and traditions that followed Jesus. And so they maintained their Jewish identity and traditions and followed Jesus. But then there was this pesky church planter, because there are always pesky church starters, that came around and his name was Paul, the Apostle Paul. And he begins to take the vision and the mission of Christ outside of um, Judea, outside of Jerusalem, outside of where Jesus had done most of his ministry and begins to go out and reach people who were called Gentiles. And Gentiles simply meaning those who were coming to faith in Christ that did not first come through the Jewish tradition. And so there was this conflict because then those in the Jewish Christian church were like, well, they don't follow all of our rules and all of our customs. And if they're gonna follow Jesus who was Jewish, shouldn't they follow all of those rules and customs? And the Gentiles were like, no, 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 we don't need to do all that stuff. We believe in Jesus. We're following Jesus and living it out. Plus, to become culturally Jewish, it required surgery for the men and circumcision. And so they were like, do we really have to do that? That did not sound like a good church membership class, right? And so the leaders of the church begin to argue back and forth, well, what does make you a Christian? What do you have to be, uh, do to be a part of the church? And after going around and around, they come to this conclusion in Acts 15, 19. And the leaders say, and Paul says, we have determined, it is our conclusion that we should not make it difficult for those who are coming to Christ. They do not need to take on these customs. They can just simply follow Jesus and believe in Jesus and walk in the way of Jesus to be part of the Christian church. And all the men said, amen. They're like, whew, got by. And, and this started the trajectory of this Christian church and that Paul went out and began to explode and expand the Christian movement with that trajectory that we should not make it difficult for those who are coming to Christ. Friends, that's how we shrink the gap. It's the same mission for us today. See, many people know the church for more of what it's against because we have complicated the mission. We have sometimes, and maybe you've experienced this, said to come and to be a part of this church or to be a part of the church, you have to believe this first, you have to work out all of that doctrine, you have to live this life, you have to do these things, you have to blah, 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 blah. And we have put up so many barriers for people and made it difficult and found ourselves in the same place as the early church. But Paul would say, no, 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 remember, it is our judgment that the holy, the sacred, the godly thing to do is to not make it difficult for those who are coming to Christ Jesus. 
the hope of salvation, the hope of life. In fact, years after this council in Acts called the Jerusalem Council, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church because he launched them a group of Gentiles and almost about a decade into their life together, they start complicating things again. And they start questioning Paul because they think, you know what, you're not as like polished as the other religious leaders. You're a little bit of a renegade out there. Is this faith and the way we're doing it really great or shouldn't we kind of institutionalize this a little bit so we look more respectable? You know, there were kind of whispers that Paul might be a heretic and they just felt a little uncomfortable with that. And so Paul, he writes this letter in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, and he says, no, 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 do not forget how you started. Do not forget. Do not let the whisperings of others dissuade you from the mission of God, the very why we exist. And I wanna read to you what he says to the church because it is so powerful. He says this, for the love of Christ compels us, and has the first and last word in everything we do. For the love of Christ compels us and has the first and the last word in everything we do. Preach, Paul. If we stopped there today, that would be good. For the love of Christ compelled us. He's reminding them, this is not of our own volition. This is not of our own making. No, this is the love of Christ that compels us to this action and to this space and to this mission. Don't you ever forget, it has the first and the last word. It is because of and for the very love of Christ that we are the church and we do this work. And he goes on, he says, it is our firm decision then to work from this focus center that one man died for everyone and that puts everybody in the same boat. If Jesus was willing to give his life for everybody, there's nobody over here that's better than somebody over here. Everybody is in the same boat because Jesus was willing to die and give his life for all. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Because of this, hear this. If you don't hear anything else today, hear this. Because of this love, We don't evaluate people by what they have or by how they look according to worldly standards because we once looked at Jesus, the Messiah, that way and we got it all wrong. As you know, we were wrong about him and so we are not going to make that same mistake again. We don't look at Jesus that way anymore, so let us not look at others from our worldly perspective anymore. He says, now we look on the inside and what we see is that anyone who is united with Christ gets a fresh start. The old life is gone and a new life emerges. And all of this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and called us to settle our relationships with each other. 
God made the world right with himself through Jesus, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. And God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We are Christ's ambassadors, Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade people to drop their differences, to drop the things that divide them and enter into God's work of making things right between them. Can somebody say amen? Paul preached in talking to them. He said, no, 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 no. For the love of Christ compels us to not see people differently, but to see them as Christ sees them. To not determine why we should be over here and they are over here, but that God, the reconciliation work of Jesus Christ in his life, his death and resurrection, tore down those barriers so that all, all people at all times had the opportunity to know and engage in the new life of Jesus. Friends, when we think about the people maybe sitting on the couch right now who have, don't even have church on their radar or, or are brunching because they've determined, you know what, church is not for me because church is not for me. When we're talking about shrinking the gap, it's that. It's what Paul talks about. It's raising that banner of saying, no, 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 no. While the world is quick to tell you all that it's against, we want you to know God is for you, and so we will be for you. That is how we shrink the gap. We become a church. We build a community of people that share that message, that is compelled by the love of Jesus Christ to go to every person in this city and share that, creating a space that even unchurched people like to be a part of. So what do we wanna be known for? We wanna be known for what we are for, who we are for, rather than who we're against. And how can we do that? How do we live that out? We obviously don't go on the street corner and just say, for the love of Christ compels us. I mean, if you want to, I will let you, you know. How do we do that? Well, I, I think there's three things that we can do and that we're gonna continue to seek to live into at, at Uptown Church to show our community that we are for them, that we are not just in this city, but that we are for this city, that there will be nothing that gets us off that why. Nothing will detour that. And one is we're gonna create common ground most of the time when people think of church, not only do they think maybe we've had an adversarial relationship with the church, but there's a whole other group of people just that think that they don't have anything in common with church people. Like the person in the survey who said, yeah, you guys are kind of weird. So we can create common ground with people. I think of since before we even opened Uptown Church, some of the things that we did before we could even meet for worship during um, the COVID pandemic and when everything was shut down in Dallas is we bought a bunch of water bottles. And some of y'all have heard this story, 
bought a bunch of water bottles with our logo and website on it and just started standing out in the Katy Trail with people are exercising as hot and sweaty and just giving away free water and talking to people and just saying, hey, you don't have to talk to us, but here's a free water. We just want to bless you today. And then groups of people from this community who want to be a part of starting the community said, you know what, there are so many food banks that are going empty and dry during this crisis. We should host a food drive in our city. And I was thinking, people don't even know who we are. How are we going to gather people together? And they said, no, 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 we can. And so we teamed up with Uptown Dallas Inc. and did a food drive to fill up several pantries in the area to help them during the pandemic. Many of you served at Austin Street um, before we opened and since we've opened City Square, providing meals, helping um, restock again and again their pantry. And then I think of two weeks after we opened in 2021 was the first freeze in February where our city was shut down and we couldn't even meet for church two weeks after we opened. And I got so many texts and calls saying, okay, we're the church. It was never about us just having worship, right? Anyway, what are we gonna do? And so y'all put together snack packs and got, grabbed more water and took it to Kay Bailey Hutchinson Center for all of the people who were being housed and passed it out multiple times over those two weeks. That, that's finding common ground because people in our city, they want to help other people. They want our city to thrive. And guess what? So do we. So do we. We want our schools to be better. We want businesses to be better. We want organizations and nonprofits to thrive and be better. We want families and friendships and people in this city to grow and to thrive. We're, that's the same, finding common ground, loving our city like others love our city. And then two, create conversations. Some of the time in our life, we just operate on assumptions without ever talking to another person. What if we created conversations? And I'm gonna ask you to do something maybe a little strange and different to get some conversations going. But if you have one of these shirts, and if you don't, we have plenty in our welcome tent as you leave today, grab one. And I wanna ask you this week to help create some conversations about church by being for kindness. And if you would, if you're daring enough, cause it will take some boldness, would you wear this shirt and then do a random act of kindness for somebody you do not know? Would you go into Starbucks and not just order your coffee on the app and run in and grab it and go, but would you actually stand in line like the ancient days and order your pumpkin spice latte, but then pay for the persons behind you. Say, I wanna buy their drink. And if that person's like, oh God, you're weird. I don't know who you are, please don't. And you're like, no, no, no I really do. And they're like, no, 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 no. Buy a gift card and give it to them and just say, I just wanna bless you today. I don't need to know you. We don't have to talk about it. I just want you to know that there are people who care. And that's it. And walk out. Help your friend move, but wear your uptown shirt. It's comfy. It'll be great. Wear this shirt. And if you're like, Joy, that's a little like self-promoting. Yeah. Then you know what? Here's one. Wear a church shirt. I don't care if it's our church shirt. Or put on your shirt, I follow Jesus. Okay? 
and go be kind because it's not about people thinking well of Uptown Church. It is about people thinking well of the church and that for the, fe- the very reason of changing the script on how the church thinks about them. So would you be about being kind and start creating a conversation that flips the script on somebody's understanding of what church may be like? Friends, you can even cover up Uptown if you want, okay? And then it says House of Blues and church. And people are like, those House of Blues church people are great. (laughs) And here's the cool thing is that when we find common ground with people and tell people the things you care about are the things we care about and create conversations that flip the script, get people talking about something good. There's too much other stuff we're sick of talking about. Get people conversing on something good. The cool thing is God comes in, the spirit fills in the space and begins to create amazing connections that you and I couldn't fabricate, manufacture if we tried. You see, here's the deal, someone might ask you, why the heck would you buy my coffee? And you might get the chance to tell them why, you may not. But maybe when somebody asks them later, hey, do you go to a church? And they might've said, heck no, never. But they might respond differently and say, well, I, I wouldn't have thought to, but you know what? This crazy person at Starbucks bought my coffee and they had a church shirt. And God it takes that small offering and our willingness and does something new and shrinking the gap between what the church is currently known for and why the church actually exists. So friends, what do we want to be known for? We wanna be known for being a group of people that is for this city that is for our community, for our schools, for businesses, for families, for every single person in this city, whoever they are. No no strings attached, just love and grace without merit. That is why we want to exist. And imagine friends, imagine if we left here today and we could shrink that gap if the love of Christ compelled us to share the good news of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Want to connect with Uptown Church? Visit uptownchurchdallas.org or follow us on Instagram. And be sure to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. for in-person worship at House of Blues in Dallas. God is with you. God is for you. Go in peace.